0: Good evening. What's up, guys? This is Chappie. I'll tell you, I got to be honest with you. I start that countdown because, you know, I like for everybody to be able to um – to, to see my show and um and to try and get it out to as many sites as possible but i swear that 30 seconds flies by <laughs> i never get it shared anywhere but anyway i i digress um just you know uh, uh, uh under, under behind the scenes of um of podcasting so you know it's one of those things i'll try to get this pushed out to some people as we uh As we get started here But Chappy here Chaps Fantasy Chat I I love coming to you I love coming to you On Thursday nights Um, You know We got a great lineup On Thursday nights I kind of feel like It's my time um, To kind of talk about What I want to talk about In the world of fantasy sports Um, You know I have this show at 8 And then I come back on it uh, At 10 with my buddy RC Um, And we talk about You know This is strictly a baseball show In season It's a football show In season um, I try and keep it that way, but um, I also like to veer off and talk about, you know, the, the draft just happened. So we'll do that at ten. So you know, hopefully you guys are here for baseball tonight. That's what I'm gonna be talking about. It's an interesting time of year. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of people are already um think about football, right? I just talked about it. i'm I'll be honest with you. Um, you know that there are um, I, I'm in a couple couple different leagues. Um, I've drafted once already, and that's fine. I, I'm able to walk and shoot gum at the same time. Um, but but I love baseball, and I, I stay attached to baseball through the entirety of the season, up through the playoffs. And um, that that's what you're here for, hopefully. Um, and, and I plan on giving it to you. Um, why this is an interesting time of year is, you know, already you're starting to have people fall off. Already you're starting to um, get people who are frustrated. My team stinks, um, this, that, or the other. The biggest part of fantasy baseball is the persistency and the always wanting to um, optimize your team, if you will, make it better. Every I always say this all the time. Um, every injury is an opportunity for you to make your team better, right? If you're just plugging it with guys, just a guy, then, you know, I mean, there's times when you have to do that, but you don't do it all the time. I guess is my point. So, so tonight I'm going to help you optimize your team. We're going to talk about, um, (laughs) we're going to talk a little bit about a couple different things. We're going to talk about, you know, I I feel like obviously super two seasons coming around the corner and, um, you know, we, we see it tonight. Kellenick starting, um, and, uh, Logan Gilbert are both starting making their major league debuts. Um, I, you know, I think that's, um, pretty cool. Uh, I'm not going to talk about them on my Super 2s, but I am going to make mention, kind of give you my comps where I can. Um, We're going to talk about some hot starts. You know, is it real or fake? A little bit more from a team or a situational type um, environment, but then also, um, you know, just is it sustainable with some of these players slash teams? And then we're going to talk some ADP values. Looking back, post-draft analysis, Talking about instances where, you know, guys that we really did a poor job of evaluating. And if you've got some of these guys on your team, you're probably doing um, – you're probably running to the box scores every night to see what your mean Mercedes is doing or to see what Jared Walsh is doing, right? Um, I, and that's that's – we're going to talk about some of that and why we missed on these these things. Um, so, so got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight and, uh, you know, eh, again, I don't understand it. Um, this is the time of year when people start to fall off of this. And, and this is when you really need to capitalize because take, for instance, last night, James Capperling finally comes up. Um, this is a great game for the um, athletics. And, you know, that's a, that's a former first round pick. Baseball is an interesting game. Things change constantly. Um, in baseball, and and in all honesty, uh, you know, James Kaplan was thought to be a, a a failed project at this point. He comes out last night; he, he's really good. So, you know, we'll we'll talk about some of these guys. We're, you know, first off, again, I I, I always love late May, early June, not because of the Indianapolis five hundred, not because of uh, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, all these great horse races. No, I want to see these high-name prospects that we've been talking about for three, four, five years finally get the call-up to the majors. It's Super 2 season. And, again, you know, you look at the high-name players. I'm not so much going to do this. I'm going to try and do a little segment of this every week because I think it's important as the season goes on to really kind of try and pin down these guys that you want to identify as targets um in the next couple of weeks to a month, right? Because now Wonder, Wonder Franco is out of scope of this, right? No, there's no way in hell Wander Franco is out there for, on anybody's waiver wires. It's just not how that goes. Um but I'd be remiss to say that you know I, I think you guys know I'm pretty opinionated about um about my about my prospects. I feel like Wander Franco is a true can't miss prospect. Now, I wouldn't be surprised to see him struggle a little bit early, especially if they call him up this year because he is still a little young. He's talented as can be, but pitchers are going to make him look bad. Um, but I think this time – now, he could put – he could pull a Juan Soto and totally go off right off the bat. Or he could go – you know, Mike Child struggled the first – not didn't struggle. He was – Just okay the first year out. Some of these guys need a little bit of time to adjust to big league pitching. I think a good, you know, again, Wonder Franco to me, you talk about, um, I always compare him to his Appalachian League uh, statistics to to, uh, Vlad Guerrero. Obviously, the the position he plays is a little bit more um, athletic than Guerrero is, even now with Guerrero's lost that weight. Um, But I feel like it's a good comp in that that's the type of skill set we're talking about with Juan and Franco. Jared Kellinick's very similar. People are going to think I'm crazy when I tell you I see, again, he's out of scope. He's not one of the guys I really want to talk about tonight, but it's important because he is making his debut tonight. I see him a lot like Mike Trout. And I know you're thinking, Chappie, what are you talking about? That's way too high a praise. He's got that skill set where he can contribute at every fantasy category in spades. He'll, he's going to hit for average. He's going to hit homers. He's going to steal bases. Now, it might take him a couple years to get there, but I think just like Trout was his rookie year, he'll be competent until he starts to get seasoned. Logan Gilbert's another one, you know, a hard-throwing um, Right-handed pitcher for Seattle has carried pretty good statistics throughout the minor leagues. So um, I, I really look for an opportunity with him to come in and allow Dane Dunning be fairly successful right off the bat. Now, it is early in the year. I wonder about him pitching whatever, 130, 140, 150 innings at the major league level. That might, But he's a big guy, so it, it really um, – If there's a profile that can do that, it's someone who's big and filled out, right? For me, I'm taking a wait-and-see approach on Logan Gilbert. I do feel like he could um, produce high strikeout numbers right off the bat. Um, He's probably going to be a little bit more inflated in his ERA than he's going to be in his prime. His whip will probably be a little higher than it will be in his prime. But that said, I think you could still put him on your team. And who could serve a purpose with the strikeouts. So so now I want to talk about, I'm going to give you three or four guys a week. These are the guys, and you guys are going to call me a homer, I know it right off the bat, that really, I feel like, can make an impact early on in this fantasy baseball season. I'm talking about pre-All-Star break can come up and really make a difference. The first guy I want to talk about, Alec Manoa, a right-handed pitcher out of Toronto. Guys, I talked about Manoa at the beginning of last year. He's a Mountaineer grad, so I know him well. But fact of the matter is, if you watch him pitch, he immediately flashes his stuff. His fastball-slider combo is Major League ready right now. His changeup is a little bit of a work in progress. But if you look at what Hugh Oscar and Noah is doing, if you look at what some – you can be a two-pitch pitcher in the Major Leagues in this day and age if you have good enough command and control. Um, so I, I feel like Manoa is one of those guys that – you really can start to count on as soon as June first. So you're talking about you're talking about a little over two weeks from now that this guy's gonna be a factor. And when you look at Manoa, he's a big husky guy who is, you know, a la Zach Wheeler a la Lance Lynn, who's tall, and the ball appears different because of his length. So the ball gets on you quicker. And that's hard for hitters to adjust to, no matter the level. I look for Manoa to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. And in his, in his prime, I feel like he's going to be a 200 any 200K type of player. And in this day and age, I know that's saying something. Big league comp for Alec Manoa, for me, I'll tell you, I watched Lance Lynn pitch today. This guy looks an awful lot like a bigger version of Lance Lynn. He throws the ball hard. He's got that wipeout slider. And the biggest part about it is there's opportunity for him to contribute in Toronto right now. Alec Manoa is one of those guys that's gotten an extreme amount of helium in the past two or three months. I'm not patting myself on the back, but I have been talking about him for two years. The next guy who could get a call rather quickly, J.J. Bladé, outfielder out of Miami. Now, Bladé is an interesting case. He's a Vanderbilt alum. So automatically, that gives him a certain amount of credibility in terms of the types of players that they've produced at that school. Yeah, you're right, Durf. And and, and playing for Toronto, he's playing in a contender. Sorry. He's playing for a contender. He's going to get wins. He's going to get run support. He's going to get all kinds of things, right? So anyway. Um, back to Blade. I-, I love this guy. Here's a guy who I believe he was a fourth or fifth round pick two years ago. Um, you know, really could have used that year last year of development. Got to play in the um, whatever it was, the inner league or the inner team scrimmages and stuff. But I-, I feel like with him having played at Vandy, seeing advanced pitching early, like he already hit a home run. Um, he's got a cannon for an arm I was a lot. I was watching him the other night and he threw a guy out at home plate, just an absolute rocket. Um, but the thing about it is, you know, you, you look at a guy like Brian Reynolds, Vanderbilt just produces these heady players that get it, that understand how to play the game. And on top of that, you're looking at an opportunity in Miami. If you look at the Marlins' outfield, there's a lot to be desired. Now, Corey Dickerson's a decent player. Adam Duvall isn't bad. Um, you know, the, the centerfields are escaping my mind. Oh, Lewis Princeton, sorry. Lewis Princeton's playing really well right now, right? He was once highly titled. So, So any of those guys really really aren't holding Blade back from playing at the major league level, right? Uh, if you look at all three of those players, sure, there's some potential there. There's some skill set there. But when Blade is ready to play, that right field spot is his. Um, and I think what you see is you see Duvall and um, Dickerson platoon at, at left field and Brinson staying in center. Um, I love Bladé. I think you know a comp for him is kind of tough. Um, I'll say, I'll say a Michael Brantley with a, maybe a little bit more power. So, so you know, I I really like what Bladé has, but again, I like the opportunity that he has in front of him to get playing time in the very near future on a really good team. Who needs that 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 star, right? Jesus Sanchez is another one of the guys. That, I mean, both they got two outfielders that are ready to go. Blade's is a little bit more advanced, a lot more actually. If I'm geez, just being honest. Jared Duran is the next guy who I find really interesting. And there's some talk about Duran making the team out of. Um, out of spring training, but the Red Sox felt that he needed a little bit more time, a little bit more seasoning. He really, um he really impressed in the spring. Showed off not only his his you know plus plus speed, but also that he developed into some power. He had a few home runs. He's turned around and started off the year hot in the minors. He said. I believe two home runs in the minors already. Uh, he He's really forcing Boston's hand because it, here's the thing about Durant. He's versatile, which clearly they like. They've got Kike um, Hernandez, and they've got um, – I want to say Chris Taylor. It's not Chris Taylor. It's um, Marvin Gonzalez. They've got some players – who are versatile. Duran can be that, although I think they want him to play at second. Um, he's the type of guy, if you're in a rotisserie league, this guy's a gold. If you're in a head-to-head league, he's a little bit more wait-and-see. But the, the power-speed combo, to me, is really appealing, especially at a spot like second base where, let's be honest, it's kind of bland. If you can plug a play, Jaron Duran as your second baseman, and he gives you 20-20. Heck, even if he gives you 15-20, you're happy at that spot. I think he can give you more. I think he's a 20-30 type player in his prime, but I think he could give you 15-30 and 30 this year in Boston, which I think is... A really good value, especially at that position. I think you're looking at June 1st, maybe mid June for Durant. So if you think about it, we're two weeks away from that. This guy should be on your radar right now. If you're in a league where people snart, where people snipe stuff, you got to pick him up right now. And to be clear, the reason why Jaron Jared Duran is so valuable is because he provides steals, particularly at a position that doesn't give you a lot of steal, stolen bases in second base. Aside from Jazz Chisholm, who's an anomaly this year, there's not a whole lot of stolen bases in second base. Duran will bring you that. So will Vidal Brujan. Bruon is, he gets a bet. He get <laughs> He's the Beau Bichette to um, Wander Franco's Vladimir Guerrero. I'll let you think about that for a second. You guys know how I feel about, well, both of those guys, quite honestly, but, but particularly Bichette. Um, But Bichette's one of those guys who has always been the the Robin, if you will, with Batman being Vlad. I think Brujan's in that same situation. I don't think I know. He's been a highly touted prospect for his entire minor league career. He's got, again, like Duran, prodigious speed. This guy could steal 40 bases per year pretty easily in this day and age. He's shown some power early on. He's talked about developing that power. His speed is elite. His power is developing. He's hit four home runs this season already. You're looking at a guy. He's already played in Durham, second base, and all three outfield positions. They're positioning this kid to come up before Wander Franco. Mark my word, Vidal Brujan comes up before Wander Franco this year. And when he comes up, he's a huge hit. The reason why he comes up is because... Tampa needs outfielders. They just demoted Yoshi Setsugo and they brought up, I think it was the, I don't remember the kid's name, the 22nd ranked prospect, which in Tampa system's still pretty good, but it's a placeholder for Bruon. Bruon's coming as soon as. January or it's January. As soon as June 5th. I, I, so Super 2s around June 2nd, there's a formulation, it's weird. I wouldn't be surprised to see him first week of June and when he comes up he makes a huge impact. I'm talking 2030, I'm talking a 280 hitter. I'm talking a front of the lineup type of guy. This is the guy of all of these guys that you want to jump on. I didn't write this down. It's just coming. The Young Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> Who mean me, Mugby? Why? Tell me. I want to know. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> Did I spill your beans? <laughs> Yeah. So, 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 think about what Ellsbury was when he first came up. I mean, he was a five-tool player. He hit homers. He stole bases. I think this kid is one of those untalked-about prospects that you can still get in a lot of, a lot of formats. I want to talk about one more prospect. Then we to move on. I can talk about prospects. <laughs> He's an outfielder. I understand that. I'm not saying I'm saying the bat profile, Durf. I'm saying the bat profile. But I, you know, I mean, Bruh can play in the outfield. You know? A- and he will. He will in uh in Tampa. Josh Jung. I love this kid. I'll tell you again, being a Mountaineer grad, um, Big 12 baseball is really good. We're talking about a guy in Jung who Texas Tech kid um so you know the fact that he's with the Rangers had a real chance to make the um the big league club <laughs> Derek, don't heckle me um I don't know I don't um I, you know it, it's interesting when when I talk these comps, and I, I want to get back to John because I got a lot to get through. When I talk these comps, I'm talking about prime players, right? I'm talking about, you know, when you look at what Jacoby Ellsbury did when he first came up, he was a really tough out. So anyway, you got me going off on a on a <laughs> I'll get back. Josh Young. I don't know is the question is the answer, Fred. I don't know if you retired or not. That's not the point. Here's a comp for you, Durf. Jung reminds me of Rendon. Uh, now, here's a kid. Again, an an advanced college bat probably would have made the team had it not been for, I think, foot surgery um, in spring training. He's back on the field. They're they're looking for him to return mid-June. At that point, I would imagine it's just waiting for a hot streak, then he gets called up. Jung's defense is major league ready. He's got 20-plus homer power in his bat, and he's got about a 280 average as a floor. Texas needs him. Texas needs that cornerstone piece, and, and they plan on Jung being that for the next decade. And that's a good thing. So, Put him on your radar. Go out there and and follow the news. And when he's ready to come up a week beforehand, pick him up. He'll help you out this year. Again, you know, I I love this time of year. We'll talk Super 2s every week. We'll we'll give you three or four guys to kind of mull over, think about who you're going to pick up. Um, Again, of this group that I gave you this week, Bruhan and Manoa are the two that I suggest highly um, out of that group. So let's move on. It's 8:30 already. It's funny. I, I, I tell my wife all the time, I don't know if I have an hour. I don't know if I have an hour. I got I got an hour. I... Chaps Finish the chat. <laughs> Thursday nights at 8. iLogic Media. Give me a like, give me a subscribe. Chaps Fantasy Sports Group. River City Media. The sports crew, I'll tell you, I've got such great support doing this. I I cannot wait. We have big news coming up here in the next month or so. I'm proud to be a part of an up-and-coming group of folks who take this seriously. And let's be honest, know what the hell they're talking about, okay? 10 o'clock, the other angle, Chappie RC, iLogic Media. That's me. And Randall talks of football, talks of baseball. Let's talk about some DFS. No, I don't want to skip over this. We're going streaking. I love that. I love that bit. Franklin, thanks. Going streaking. Basically, we're a quarter of the way through the season. It's crazy to think, right? But. To me, (laughs) hey, you know what, John? This is a Shohei shirt. It's a Shohei shirt I'll talk about in a little bit. You know, I'll tell you, not to get sidetracked, but from what I'm hearing, I don't know that that was – now, I'll start off by saying the Angels are an anomaly. They're like one half generational players, one half double A ball club. The thing about and I, you know, the thing about Pujols, it it, it it sucks that he got dropped. I I agree with that, but you know, he's getting thirty million a year, and. Getting $30 million a year to be a bench player is a tough pill to swallow. Now, I heard um, Jeff Manns was talking about on the way home tonight. He refused to take reduced playing time. When you got Shohei Otani and you got Jared Walsh, those guys have to play. It's, it's not like Pools had a whole lot of. Ohtani kind of pinholes you, right? Ohtani kind of makes it to where you have to DH him because you want to protect. You need his bat the entire year. It's a tough predicament. And in all honesty, I wish Pujols well. I think it was the right move for the organization. I think what's wrong with the Angels? Look, a lot of things obviously are wrong with the Angels. Uh, No, 10 years ago, though, right? I mean, that, or whatever, eight years ago, whatever. That's a long con- – you're absolutely right. But reality has to kind of – has to sink in at some point. When you have a player who's clearly outperforming you on both sides of the ball and, – and you know what? That's a great point, Durf. Thank you for saying that. I wasn't gonna say it. The Pirates need a first baseman. The Pirates are never gonna. Now he's cleared waivers, right? So the Angels have to eat that thirty million dollars in essence. Pro rate. If the if the, I said this I think a couple weeks ago. If the Pirates were serious about bringing people out, they would do that. Any of these teams that are struggling at the gate would do that. Detroit, hell, Cleveland. My my point is with the Angels, and again, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm super ticked off because I'm here in Indy and I can't watch the Cubs. I can't watch the Reds. And I'm four hours from Chicago. Ticks me off beyond belief. So, so I always say this. I'll say it again tonight. Happily married for nine years. Totally faithful. At 46 years old, the Cubs and I are seeing other people. <laughs> um. So, so, you know, I, I've been wearing a different team every, every couple of weeks. Um, but... Uh, I, I feel your pain, John. I feel your pain. Pools will land somewhere. I'm not sure where I think it has to be an American league team because I think his days of play in the field are gone at least regularly. So let's get back. so so we're going streaking real or real or true, or real or false, rather. um. Real or false number one? The Oakland Athletics currently hold, well, as of yesterday, I didn't look today, currently hold the best record in the American League. Do they end there? Do they end the season? Heck, even as the AL West winner, right? I, it's interesting to me. <laughs> I'll tell you, I I wonder about Oakland's pitch. Oakland's offense is really good. They always have been. And there's some talent in the pitching staff. Sean Mane is having a great year. Lazardo's kind of disappointed. Montas is disappointed a little bit. Bassett's been pretty good. A.J. Puck's kind of a wild card for me. I I wonder, John, I wonder a little bit about their bullpen. Puck, to me, could be a real wild card. Because I would like to see him pitching in the ninth inning. They, They clearly already have it pretty established rotation. Uh, uh, And and Puck's going to be on a pitch count when he comes back. Why not put a guy like Puck in the ninth inning role, let him save games? If you're in a shallower league, just the prospect, the potential of him pitching at the back end of the inning and knowing what he brings – As a potential starter, it's enough to put out just a feeler on him. If he's on someone else's team, probably get it for next to nothing. Yeah. Um, Oakland's offense is going to have to carry them. I'll tell you, their offense is really kind of lacked a little bit, in that Matt Chapman's been slow. Um, Sean Murphy's been slow. There's potential there for them to really take off. Because, let's be honest. It's not like the Astros are running away with the division. Seattle's not ready yet. And the Angels, hell, they might be one of the worst. I- I'll tell you, I'm looking forward. I, you know, Braden Marshall was on my list to talk about. I'll talk about him in an upcoming weeks, but everybody talks about Joe Adele. And you know, I think one day Joe Adele Joe Adele reminds me of Lewis Princeton. It's gonna take him some time. I think Marsh is more like Dylan Carlson. Where he hits the ground running pretty quickly. I like what Oakland has. I wonder a little bit if they're not gonna falter down the down the stretch to a more seasoned and poised veteran and established hated Astros team. I think they still have the most talent in that division. But Oakland's offense makes it interesting. Sean Manea makes it interesting. Oh, I you read my mind, John. He has thoughts on Giants. Durf, this is for you. The Pittsburgh Pirates aspire to be what the San Francisco Giants are right now. So true or false, real or fake, are the Giants contenders? I, I don't know if I can answer that question. Here's the scary part about the Giants for me. As a prospect guy, this is just the front of the house you're looking at. They've got so much talent. <laughs> they've got so much talent in the minor leagues that this could be really interesting if they are contending for a, uh, a, a Helio Ramos to come up for a Luci. I always say his name wrong. Uh, Luciano to come. I-, I had it right. I should have just went with it. A uh, Luciano to come up and contribute. I mean, a Joey Bart. you know, you're looking at guys that, Again, the window dressing is really good, and they're doing it with pitching. But when you talk about guys like – when you talk about guys like Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, um, help, yeah, Buster Posey's having a great year. But the name of the game is pitching in San Francisco. You look at their rotation. they're all it's like the land of misfit toys. Descalfini, Wood, Cueto, Gosman, Sanchez. Logan Webb looked amazing the other day. He got all ten of his strikeouts on a breaking pitch And that's one of their kids. He, they're carrying the weight until everybody else is ready to come up to them. I really like what the Giants are doing. If Crawford's out there and available, you have to go pick them up. If Belt's out there and available, you have to go pick him up. Um Legoria's having a great year. Obviously, Bart, or I'm sorry, not Bart. Posey got, you know, drafted. He's not available. But if you could get any of these guys as a as a chip in, I absolutely think it's the right thing to do. I love what – is it Deli. I think it's Baldelli. I get those guys mixed up. I get those guys – I love what they're doing there. Um, but, but again, this is built – the foundation is built with the rotation. They've got a good closer. And, and, and let's be honest, you know, I was watching them last – again, I watch a lot of West Coast games because – Hell, I'm married, and, you know, I like to hang out with my wife. She goes to bed. I watch the West Coast games. Um, They've got a really good young arm, and I think his name's Koval, who's a seventh-inning guy right now, but he throws high 90s. Once he's able to kind of refine himself a little bit more, that's an arm you're going to be talking about, right? I think the Giants are very real. Now, they're not going to hold off the Dodgers. Let's be totally honest but you want to talk about wildcard contention i think they're absolutely in that discussion i'm interested to me that the you know i have d in a lot of leagues i like him because he has a bit of a track record of staying healthy um <laughs> are you reading my list john <laughs> Talk about him in a minute. Let me finish on the Giants. <clears throat> Alex Wood's interesting to me. He's never really been able to stay healthy. But I think just like, I think Gosman's established himself in San Francisco now, right? I think that's a perfect park for him. I think the same could be said about Alex Wood. Gosman's established at this point in that system. D. isn't, but I think he will be by midseason. I think he's a really good fit there. And I think Wood is too. Cueto is actually the pitcher there that I like the least. I worry about Aaron Sanchez's blisters. And Webb, obviously, is really talented. Really talented. So back to my point, Durf. When you look at the Pirates... And you look at JT Brubaker, you look at Tyler Anderson, you look at, you know, you have all these guys that, let's be honest with throwaways, right, elsewhere. The Pirates are taking them and they're molding them into their type of players. That's what I mean when I'm saying I think Pittsburgh's doing very similarly what San Francisco is doing. Now they're probably a year and a half ahead of what the Pirates are. And that's okay. San Francisco in a couple of years is going to be a contender. I could have been a contender. So, John, I'll, I'll, I've, I've, done, I've done enough dangling. I, the next team that I want to talk about are the Bo Sox. And, you know, it's one of those things, when you look at Boston, I love doing this. My, one of my biggest things that I do is when these players, when you have these, whether it's increases or decreases, these huge changes and approaches and output, I start asking, why? Let's put our finger on what it is. It's pretty clear to me what it is with Boston. The entire team, well, offensively, anyway. Jamie Martinez. Jamie Martinez to me was so undervalued at draft time, but the underlying story got lost, right? So prior to 2020, MLB players were allowed to use video devices in the dugout. So in other words, they were allowed to watch and scout film real-time in the game in the dugout. 2020 came, and there was some cockamamie rule, and they outlawed it. They said, you can't do that anymore. J.D. Martinez was a huge opponent of that. He did not like that decision. and it showed. He did not do well last year. Boston was not good last year. Now they were mired in that whole Alex Cora thing. They were, you know, they had some other issues going on. Let alone all the reduced season stuff and I don't uh, I don't like talking about that. That's in the past. Fast forward to 2021 though, and you're looking directly at a situation where the league pivoted back they said you can use these devices in the dugout. You can watch game film in the game, in, you know, in game. Boy, what a difference that has made. And I'll take it one step further. You guys that have listened to me for a while, you know that I'm a big Bauer fan. And it's not so much for what he does on the field. It's more for what, you know, I'm a teacher. Right. My dad was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. It's one of those things where you can ask my friends, I like bringing people along with me. Bauer brings people along with him. Look at what's happened in Cleveland. Look at, you know, what Shane Beaver's turned into. Look what. Savali's turned into look with some of the, you know, uh, McKenzie's turned. Yeah. You know, that's all because of not so much following like what people does. It's more like his approach and understanding like how he thinks. I think the same things, I don't think I'm pretty certain. The th- same thing's going on with JD Martinez and that offensive lineup in Boston. Because you look across the board at what they're doing. I think you can all pin it back to the point of J.D. Martinez is allowed to use that iPad, basically. Tablet, I guess, to unbrand it. Um, In the dugout. And that's why I feel like, I don't feel, I know Boston's very real. Very real this year. You look at what you look at what Xander Bogart's 972 OPS Rafa Devers. I'd say doing this <coughs> Devers and Bogart's are almost identical. Um, when you start looking at like uh OBP slug, all that stuff, they- they're very similar. But it- it when you come, when you look down at it, um. <laughs> yeah well yeah Huascar you know him, right uh, but anyway that's a different story for a different day verdugo christian vasquez is one of the most underrated catchers in the game that's why we were talking about i talked about this thank you to kevin hastings by the way i'm sorry i'm Forty-seven minutes in the show and not thanking Kevin Hastings. What a great job for Pitcher List last week on that discussion. But you know, you look at um, you look at a guy like Bobby Dollback, Jaron Duran's another. I, I hate to come back to it, but when you talk about bringing up young hitters and pairing them with a guy like J.D. Martinez, that's gold, baby. That's gold. I got to speed this up or we're not going to get through this. I buy. I buy on the Bo Sox. I don't know if they win the AL East because, you know, it looks like the Yankees are coming on. You know, the Rays are always going to be there. I, I kind of have to, <laughs> I, you know, that's a great question, John. Kansas City is in a, you know, I'm in a, for me anyway, a big money league and I'm, toiling on Jorge Soler they just they can't get their stuff together you know um I, I do want to talk about a couple other guys I Adoles Garcia you know I, we talked about the teams I want to talk about a few guys a, and then I want to talk about some some interest. yeah I'll end the show with this in a minute the pickups for next week. I, I think that's something that's really been helpful for, for me anyway, just to think outside the box. Tolas Garcia, boy, you know, here's, Cuban guy um, kind of came out of nowhere. He's 28 years old. I realize that today. But when you look at what he's done, 26 games in the majors, they've thrown him 57% fastballs. He's in the top 10 percentile. Against the fastball in the major leagues. He's put 36 balls in play during his 26 games on a fastball. And he's done so with an average of 94.7 miles per hour per hour. Again, 351 average against the fastball. Against the off speed, he is hitting 071. That's not good. Now, he recognizes that. He's working on it. He's putting in extra time, which I love. I love that approach. Identify your weaknesses and work on them. He's had nine homers since April 15th. That's the most in the majors. He's hit 297. He's got... He's first among rookies in RBIs at 26th, maybe first in the league. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't clarify that. And second, no. OPS at 943. Adolis Garcia is gonna have to prove he hits. The, he can hit the breaking ball. But man, he, here's the thing that surprised me when I was researching Garcia. He's actually pretty fast. He he could steal double-digit bases if he could continue to hit at this pace at the major league level. Garcia's a sneaky pickup at Shower of Leagues. And he might be someone you want to add on as a chip in if you're debating on a trade later on down the line. I want to talk about <laughs> so much. Come back at 10. Randall and I are going to finish this up. But again, it's always funny because I'm like, do I have enough? I could probably go another hour on this, but um, I, I will be back at ten. We'll talk some baseball. We'll talk some football. That's the other angle with Chappie and RC at ten o'clock on Thursday nights. Ilogic Media is where to find us. You listen to the Chaps Fantasy Chat at eight o'clock on Thursday nights. Thank the guys at Ilogic Media. They do a great job on supporting us. Um, Helping us get out to different sites and all that good stuff. We'll talk about Isaiah kiner Falafa. <laughs> and I want to do something from the perspective of, guys, he was drafted. His ADP was 296. He was a freebie. 296. And... You're looking at a guy who's up pace for a career year. They've asked him to do everything. He started out as a catcher. He played third last year, and now he's a shortstop. And he's probably gonna. Sh- well, he's definitely gonna shatter all of his previous career eyes. Um, He's up pace for a twenty thirty late year, and you know he. <laughs> He he really is one of those guys. He's a true five tool contributor. Um, and and and, and you know usually those type of guys go really highly. Ilogic Media. Cheers to Isaiah Conner Falafa. If you have him, and I do in a couple different leagues. You got a first, well a third or fourth round talent at the end of your draft. I wanted to talk about Giancarlo Stanton. I'll save that for later. I do want to talk about real quickly. Guys that we're thinking about picking up now to beat the fab push. Right? I do this every week. You can pay a dollar this week on a guy, or next week you can pay $100 on him. Let's think ahead of the curve and get these guys before they become popular. The first guy I want to talk about Harrison Bader. Three homers, two stolen bases, and just 10 games back from his injury. Um, he's hitting 250 with an 887 OPS. You're talking about again a power-speed combo that's unique, and you know he's he's a career 235 hitter, but again he's younger. You're looking at a guy here who could give you 2020, and if he continues to hit at the rate he's hitting at, he could be a real steal for you, and you can get him right now cheaply. A guy you can get. For nothing, Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I said it, I said it. But listen to what I'm saying. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, Billy Hamilton is an interesting case because if you think about his scenario, guys, he's the everyday center fielder in Chicago. Now that Robert's out for the next three months, I watched him the last two nights. I saw his output last night. Guys, he looks reinvigorated. He looks like it was great. I saw a quote today talking about he said, You know, I don't want to be Billy the speedster. I want to be Billy the kid that can hit who's fast. And that shows me that he's still putting in work trying to improve his craft. And the thing I like about so for clarity, before we get into this, I'm talking about rotisserie. Head-to-head, points leagues, that, that, that isn't necessarily what you're looking for with Billy hand. I'm talking about rotisserie. You're looking at an everyday player in Chicago, more or less. Lurie Garcia is there; they'll get him playing time. But Billy Hamilton is going to be a pinch runner, late game scenarios. He's going to stay in for defensive purposes. Yada yada. You're talking about a thirty round or thirty stolen base guy that you can get for a dollar. Given the opportunity he's got in front of him, I'm taking it. I'm taking it all day long. If I'm wrong, I can pitch him back in two weeks and pick someone else up. The playing time's there. I've seen that he looks good at the plate. And that offense is going to score a ton of runs. And Hamilton's, listen, they're an American League lineup. Even if he's hitting ninth, he's in essence hitting first. That's the way I look at it. Yes, he's going to lose in that bat. But all he's got to do is get on one time and get driven in, and he's worth it for the evening. I'll take my chances in that offense that it happens more times than not. One guy that doesn't fall in this category, but I really want to talk about. Josh Rojas. Shortstop Arizona, love what he's doing over the past two weeks. Leads the majors in OPS, one two three eight. Leads the majors in slug, at 8-3-3. Th- and he leads the majors in batting average at four twenty nine. Four homers and twelve runs to go along with six RBIs. We've been talking about Rojas for a couple years now. I feel like now's the time for Josh Rojas. He doesn't necessarily fall into this category about guys for next week because he is kind of highly owned. And I did talk about him a little bit last week. Make sure he's owned, guys. Make sure he's owned because you're looking at a kid who's always been super talented. Now he seems to be finding his groove. And that's what you're looking for. Go take a flyer on Josh Roblox. Guys, I'm going to go eat some dinner. I'm going to freshen up my ice. I'm going to hang out with the wife for a minute, and I'll be back at 10. We're going to talk some more baseball. We're going to talk some football. The other angle at 10 o'clock with Chappie and RC, Thursday nights. You've been listening to Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8 iLogic Media is the gracious host. Draft for Upside, that's my boys. Shout out to Lou Landers and the sports crew. Listen, guys, if you like the content, Chaps Fantasy Sports Group on Facebook, at Chaps Fantasy Chat on Twitter. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Love doing it. Love doing it. I'll see you guys talking more baseball next Thursday. Hell, I'll talk more baseball here in an hour. But I got to go eat some macaroni and cheese. Hope you all appreciate the content. Talk to you guys soon. Chappy out.